Welcome to Breaking Stereotypes, where we will talk and take your nutrition, fitness, and mindset to the next level. Shy away from the talk? Never. It's time for you to break your mold and embrace the new you. It's time to break those stereotypes. Welcome back, everyone. And I want to say back again because this is my second time recording this episode. And no one's fault. I truly believe that wasn't even my fault. But somehow, some way, my mic got muted. So for the 40 minutes of me talking, I found myself talking to no one at the end. So we're going to do this again. Try to bring the same energy. It's okay. It happens. We're going to try to have the same amount of fun as we did in the first try. And mistakes happen. So I'm going to try to remember exactly everything I said. So I still have my script. So don't worry about it. There's going to be no information that you are not going to receive on this episode. But hi, once again, I am your host, Domenica Jaramillo. I am happy to, that you're here. And today we're going to talk all about glue growth. But more importantly, the common glue growth mistakes that I see. Now, before we start this episode, I want to bring my sponsors, which will be my one-to-one coaching. So for my one-to-one coaching, Just a little reminder that January intake is now open and I am accepting on this intake male clients. So if you're someone who's very interested in training, really committed and is wanting to have that one-to-one coaching style, there is an application form or even for my females, there is an application form on my Instagram bio where you're able to apply and I'm able to receive all that and send you the information that you're wanting, that you're needing, and also a game plan for you. I'm also going to see if I could post it down below. Now, once again, let's bring the common glue growth mistakes. For the first mistake what i want to bring is the cutting season and the bulking season glutes and the reason why i say this is because a lot of people now are going to finish their their surplus their build um they're like gaining face and they're gonna start entering into their cutting phase so they're ready for summer if you are in this process if you have been in this process or you want to be in this process this is something i want you to know and it's not too much of a common mistake but rather of something that a lot of people are not aware of so when we bulk when we gain when we're in this gaining phase we obviously do increase a little bit of body fat also depending on how well you do this gaining phase you might increase them a lot or a little bit of body fat but you're still gonna be a much bigger human being so what a lot of people see in this process is that their glutes will increase their glutes are gonna be at the size that they are very very happy with but as soon as they start entering into a cut as soon as they start decreasing their calories and decreasing the amount of body fat 
they start noticing that their glutes disappear. And I see this a lot. A lot of females, I see this a lot online when they say that they lost their glutes as soon as they cut and they think they did something wrong or that the process that they did was wrong. And it's not about the process itself is that they just weren't aware and if you aren't aware that's why I want to bring some light here is that when we like I said enter in this phase we put body fat and unfortunately we can't tell our body where we want to store body fat personally I store all my body fat near my hamstring area so all my body fat goes over there and it's not something wrong it's not something bad but other people have a lot of body fat in their backs and other people store it in their bellies but there's the gifted people the gifted ones that all their body fat goes straight to their glutes now I want to say gifted because it they truly are. They start seeing an increased size in the body in their glutes, and but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are doing it not in the right way, but they're not doing it in the way that they think they are. So as soon as we start decreasing body fat, we start to decrease the, also the body fat that we find in our glutes. So those people that store very well the body fat in their glute area, that is exactly the first part or the first place that is going to start shrinking or they're going to start noticing the most that it starts shrinking in in those glutes in the, in that area. Now, the reason why this happens is because they thought or they believed that their glute area was mostly composed about muscle. And if we do decrease body fat, we do enter in a calorie deficit, your muscle is going to be preserved, especially if you're doing it the right way. Your muscle start gonna, is going to be there. So it's not that they're losing muscle, which I've seen that some people believe, um, or it's not that the process that they did it was wrong. It was just that, unfortunately, there was more body fat than muscle. So now they know, though, that once they enter into a building phase or a maintenance, the, whatever the, the journey they want to do after, now they know, though, that they can bring a little bit more attention into those glutes because they just weren't in the shape and size that they thought they were without the body fat that they had. So, like I said, it's not too much of a common mistake. It's mostly just not too much awareness about this and because we're going to start cutting soon or that's the idea a lot of people so they're ready for the summer is that they are going to start seeing this so it's very important to understand that you're not doing something wrong it's just kind of part of that process something as a coach if you do hire a coach or if you are eager to to have a coach this is perfect for a coach to know that if your goal is glue growth that they understand that there's area to be worked that's why depending on the client but sometimes I enter a client into a mini cut. So we're able to shed some body fat and we're able to see it kind of like where 
the area the person is trying to grow, how realistic where that area is. If it truly is what we see or if it's a little bit smaller without the body fat. And of course, it is going to be smaller, but how to the extent, what to the extent is how small the, the area is. So, and then that's as me as a coach, that's when I build a game plan and enter them into a build later or um, into maintenance. Once again, it depends on the person, depends on the client and their goal. But here is a little bit of awareness of something that you might not know about. To get into the common mistakes, the first thing I want to talk about is exercises that don't grow or don't challenge the glutes in the way that we want it to be challenged. Now, if you saw my post yesterday, you saw that I talk about, um, or your yesterday, my today, you saw that the reason why I just don't choose deadlifting as like my main exercise or my main like my first option for glute growth now before i want to enter into this topic i want to restate highlight exclamation point everything that there is i want you to make sure and understand that i'm not saying that deadlifts are wrong bad they shouldn't be added or eliminated in your programming. What I'm saying is that they're just not the first option when it comes to glute growth. But let me explain the reason why. I want you to picture a conventional deadlift and I want you to picture an RDL, like side to side. As we can see, both very, very similar movement patterns, but very, very different, different in regard of the challenge that it brings to your glutes. Now, obviously we know that the conventional deadlift starts at the bottom, RDL starts at the top. The reason why I would swap a conventional deadlift to an RDL, if the straight, the goal is glute growth, is because they both challenge the glutes in the lengthen position. Now, to not be too technical and more friendly, we want to target the glutes when it, they're stretched. So if you right now bend over, then you can notice, you can feel how your glutes are stretching, right? How your hip is coming forward. Now, same thing happens with the RDL and the conventional deadlift. But the reason why, despite being very similar, the conventional is not my best option is because at the bottom the weight is rested. We rest the bottom, the weight at the bottom, because unfortunately, like, of course, we can go past the floor. Now, if you picture yourself in that bottom position or leaned forward where the glutes are stretched, that is where we really want to make sure the tension is the most on that area but if we're resting the weight at the bottom if we completely lose that tension then it's not ideal what we're wanting to it's not ideal for what we're trying to accomplish now picturing the RDL we start at the bottom we lean forward we bring the weight down but we don't rest it at the bottom we keep the tension on the glutes we keep the tension in the glutes working constantly 
rather than a deadlift when we kind of rest the bottom at the weight the weight at the bottom it doesn't really matter if you're just doing a little pause or a little tap like it's still that that resting that 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 elimination of the tension of of having those glutes working now I don't want to, I want to clarify, and I'm not saying that there's no glute engagement or no leg drive on a deadlift. The opposite, there's a lot of engagement, there's a lot of leg drive. You're needing a lot of your lower body to be able to lift the weight with your upper body. But because of how we're trying to work the glutes in that stretch area, the RDO would be a more preferred option because we are not resting the weight and kind of like losing that tension. So if you are someone who doesn't really have a power, um, a sport goal, if you don't really have a, a, an RPR, or a strength goal around deadlifting, do you have to add them in your training? Absolutely not. Maybe you don't have a strength goal, but you do like to do them a lot. Like it's it's an exercise you enjoy a lot, then completely do it. I'm not saying that you should not do something that you like to, tr- to do or to add to your training. What I'm saying is that if your goal is mostly growth, glute growth if your sole purpose is that and you don't really care about eliminating deadlifts or you yeah like you don't really care about having them then you can get away without doing them or using a different style of deadlift variation such as an RDO um, floating trap bar deadlift that's another great option so as you can see it's not that the left is wrong. It's just that there are better options for that. And with that being said, I want to also talk about other two things, which is the booty bands and the foot stands. So for booty bands, I see a lot of boot, uh, bands around the knees when hip thrusting, when squatting, when doing all these things. And I want to talk and bring a little bit of awareness about this. So when we're doing booty bands or using booty bands, we're trying to do two movement patterns at the same time. We're trying to bring our hips up into the lockout while also trying to push our knees out to avoid the bands bringing our legs together. Now we're trying to do two opposite thing, two opposite movements at once while also trying to lift the weight that's on our hips. In some point, in some degree, in some way, we're going to have to focus on one movement rather than the other. And when this happens, and there's been proven, there's been shown a perfect example is Coach Kasim, who does all these studies, is that he demonstrates with with someone, an actual human being, of how you aren't able to lack out at the top of the hip thrust while having this bands. Like it's it decreases the amount of lockout that you can have at the top. And if you've been around lifting a while, you know that the lockout is the most important part of the exercise. It's not even the weight itself it's the lockout is you being able to have that position with the added weight and like despite having the added weight I, I meant to say I'm sorry but 
if we're trying to do these two movements that are opposite, then unfortunately we're going to have to favor one over the other. And it's mostly going to be the bands because we're going to not want to have those knees cave in and kind of like our knees brought together despite having our feet a little bit further away. So, but there's still people incorporating this in their training. There's still people doing these. And the reason why a lot of people like this style is because it does bring a lot of a burning sensation. But burning sensation does not equal efficient. Burning sensation does not equal muscle growth. Burning sensation does not equal good results or better results. Burning sensation is just that, a burning sensation. And this burning sensation is just coming from putting the body in an uncomfortable position that is trying to get out of. So we're trying to put this restraint around our knees and our body's just kind of telling us, um, I don't like this. So, but because it is a burning sensation and because it is in the glute area, we think our instant response in our brain is, ooh, that works. Ooh, I feel my glutes. Ooh, that's better. But further, deeper analysis, analyzing this, analyzing? Yeah, analysis, analyzing this, we get to understand that it's just unfortunately not the case for this. Now, same thing with using booty bands for the squats or for leg press for lunges. Now, I want to state that I wouldn't, the only crowd or the people that I would use booty bands for this is people who are just starting to squat and they still don't understand the purpose of driving their knees out or having to spread the floor they still don't understand that cue their body still hasn't been able to put all these things together so that's the crowd or the people that i would be using the booty bands because it brings it's like an outer source that is telling them pull or bring your knees out instead of having them cave in that that's a common mistake that we see especially on beginners um who's squatting and especially for those who have a very weak squat so that is the reason or the crowd that i would use the booty bands now would i use them to warm up not really if you have been following me for a while, you know that the best option and the best way to warm up your glutes is by actually performing the exercises that you will be performing in your workout. And obviously, there are other things that you can supplement and add in your warm up, especially if you're going to do like a deadlift and stuff like that, like getting ready, getting your body prepared both physically and mentally for the task that you're going to do but it's really important to know that we're not trying to make our ass our booty our glutes to burn as much as possible on those pre on those warm-up exercises those warm-up sets 
or solely trying to get ready for our lift. Now, I used to be one of those booty band warm-ups fanatics. I remember I would warm up, I think, 30 minutes with booty bands, if I'm not mistaken, in my old times. And don't get me wrong, after I did that, I think I used to do two exercises and I would call quits because I was so mentally drained, mentally and physically drained, that I couldn't finish my workout. Now, did those extra... 10 minutes of warm-up from the 10 minutes that I solely, only 10 minutes of warming up that I do now, is those added 20 minutes that I did in the past worth it? Absolutely not. Despite having that burning sensation, despite having all those like little kickbacks and fire hydrants and all those things, was it worth it? Absolutely not. And you can't say that it's not only my word, but it's also the results in my glute area that you can see that previously or prior when I was training like this, they weren't the results that I wanted in comparative today that they are what they what I wanted, what I'm aspiring to do and all these things. Now, because when I started this, I was also mentioning about using it in machines such as leg press and lunges all these things once again is bringing sensation bringing that burning feeling in the glutes but it's 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 just not necessarily meaning it's being efficient it's equally more muscle growth it's just it's it's just telling your body that you're trying to do two different things at once and it personally does not like it so what i if you're someone who likes to use the booty bands and you don't see or understand what I'm talking about I challenge you to bring the intensity up bring how hard you're working with only one movement pattern if you're telling me that does that that wasn't purely enough that like focusing giving it your all on that one specific exercises without having to add a booty band or something else if you were telling me that you still don't feel good or you still feel like you you didn't work hard enough, then I will, how would I say? Then, no, because you know what? I am so 100% confident and know what I'm saying that I know that you're not going to be able to say that. So I challenge you to try this new style of training and new style of like working out and mentality around glue training, booty bands, and all these little things. Now, to finish off about this is the foot stance. So, what I talk about foot stance, mostly we're going to talk about sumo and narrow. And the reason why I wanted to bring awareness about this is because, obviously, we all knew in the past that if we wanted to target glutes, we had to go sumo stance for anything, for leg press, for squats, for um, deadlift, any variation, any exercise, if we wanted to do glutes, it had to be sumo. But fast forward to today, when there's more studies, more knowledge about glute training, we can bring awareness that it's kind of like the whole opposite of what we've been told, that despite of going narrow and trying to go as most, as most wide as possible, 
going narrow is going to bring much, much more benefits for your glute training and your glute growth. When we're going wide, we're going to train mostly our adductors. And you can tell me I am lying because this also used to be me years and years ago when I would try or I would do sumo deadlifts and I would wonder why is my inner thigh burning is if this is supposed to be a glute exercise but you don't really question it every fitness model every woman in the fitness industry was doing sumo deadlifts so if they're doing it why shouldn't you right but fast forward to today from everything that i've learned and everything that i know I'm able to understand that it was the reason why I felt my inner thigh. That is the reason why I didn't really feel the benefits or really didn't see any results by training in sumo style. And I, this is a hard one. I don't personally think a lot of people currently train sumo. Um, I haven't really been paying attention or anything. But it is still something worthy to bring into the spotlight because it was a common mistake, a very, very common mistake. So I'm sure there's there's still someone out there that, I don't want to say unfortunately, but just haven't, hasn't received the information yet that Nero is much, much more beneficial to go wider. So obviously in the wide, our glutes are going to look far much more better and narrow but we're here to train we're not here to look good um so for my next topics i want to talk is two topics and these topics go hand to hand they're like sisters they're like twins and it's intensity and form and the reason why i want to say that they're together is because Intensity can come without form, and without form, intensity can come. I think I said that so wrong. Um, without intensity, there's no form. Without form, there's no intensity. That's much, more, much more better. Now, the reason why I say this is because when I have a new client... When I have a girl that comes to me and tells me that they've been training glutes for years, they've been doing everything that they've been told, but that unfortunately they just don't see the results that they're wanting. And not only are they frustrated, but they're really wanting to understand what is going on. Like why are their glutes just not growing? And Of course, there's genetics that we'll talk about a little bit later, but there is a lot of things that can be tweaked and played around with, and that is intensity and form. So when I see the execution of my clients, of my new girls, of any new girl that's coming to me, is that their form, unfortunately is not the best to help us target the glute area. Now, let's put an example of an RDL. Now, this person comes to me with an RDL and they lean over. They do what they have to do for an RDL. But I start seeing a 
an arch in the lower back. Then I start seeing an arch in the neck when they're trying to look up. Then I see the, um, them trying to go further deep into the RDL. All these play like little red flags to me of like, okay, now I understand this. Okay, now I know what this happened, like why this is happening. And then I also look into their intensity. How hard are they truly training? <laughs> but like I said, one goes with the other. And the reason why I say this is because if you are tra trying to train hard, but your form unfortunately is not there, is that you are going to be or opening the doors for a possible injury. And when we feel not in a good spot, when we feel like, because you, you, you do know when you're performing an exercise and you're like, ooh, that didn't feel good. Like in your shoulder, ooh, that didn't feel good. Or your hip, um, ankle, knee. All these things kind of like bring red flags of like, oh, I didn't like that. Now, those are the things that we want to be paying attention to because it's not the exercise itself. is that we neglected the little uh, communication that our body was giving us when training. So if you're trying to train hard, but you haven't really focused on your form and you're, um, you try to push these little like messages your body's telling you, then boom, you're injured. Now let's bring it the opposite way. Um, <clears throat> let's say that once again, let's say that you are training hard. And, I mean, uh, you are having a perfect form and you like your, your form is amazing, but, but you aren't training hard enough. I'm looking at you and you are shying away. You are not completing the reps or you are completing the reps, but I can see that they are far, far, like you're able to lift much, much more than the actual weight that you're lifting. Those two things are red flags for me. They start popping up. So when I talk to my client, I tell them, okay, the reason why I see that unfortunately you haven't been able to do this is because we are needing to work on your form and we're needing to work on your intensity. So as you can kind of see now, you now understand the relationship or you now understand why I say that one can go out without, can go without the other because they're both very, very important to have together. Now, after a couple of weeks, after a couple of sessions of the client, the person fixing her form with not with not added too much weight and this is strictly talking to the person who lacks with their form or needs room to improve in their form we start to notice much better like we're starting to see improvement in her execution we're starting to see her engage her glutes and not her lower back when performing this now that's a good indicator that boom we are ready to go we're ready to bring intensity up now for my client who her form was amazing her form was perfect perfect but she was just giving up too quick which 
it's is the reality our bodies our mind our brain specifically does not like discomfort so as soon as we start feeling an ache on and this is not the bad aches this is the muscle soreness the lactic acid the little burning sensation in our body when our body starts feeling this we instantly are like oh that felt like the burning sensation that was failure or oh that that burning sensation that means that i'm done now and this goes a little bit more to my beginners my intermediates not too much for my advanced because or still advanced because when we are training for a long time and we've been training and making ourselves get out of this discomfort zone or comfort zone in trying new weight and trying new levels then we kind of know and understand a little bit more what is to train to failure or close to failure so it doesn't we aren't too we don't shy away too much we we might shy away in some exercises um because we're still human we we're still a person and our brain will still try to block us from that discomfort nobody not even the most experienced lifter is uh unable to experience this everyone does it's just part of how our brain functions and how it runs but for the beginners more more beginners intermediate we still see that they haven't been able to train in this style so they still aren't aware exactly of how to push their limits or how to work out around failure to failure so that's when I see or that's when I tell my girls like no like you have to push much much more weight for your next session or when they're telling me that they felt like the session was really good and they pushed themselves but I see the numbers and I've seen them I've seen their numbers for a month so I tell them no I want you to go much much more heavier next time and this is obviously an eye coach. This is someone who's been training for a while, understands the training, understands their client too, and understands where their client is at. That's how this happens. But I, it's very, very common to see people not training hard enough. And if we are wanting to train our glutes, our glutes are actually one of our strongest muscles in our body. I think second is back, if I'm not mistaken, or they're like hand to hand. But our glutes are very, very strong muscle in our body. But yet, we lack pushing ourselves. We lack not going as hard as we should in that muscle. So I believe I have talked about this on a previous episode in my podcast if I haven't um I believe I have like I'm 99% sure but I talked about how it's very very important for the last five reps like from last one to five reps of your set to really be focused on like it's really important for you to be able to accomplish those because those are going to be the ones with the significant amount of stimulus the significant amount of 
telling your body, hey, I want you to grow or telling your muscle, hey, I want you to grow. So those are going to be the most important. And of course, it's towards the end of our set, not towards the beginning. So that's why we can see why it's so important to accomplish all the reps in our set, why it's so important to accomplish and and really push ourselves on those last uh, reps because that is when it's going to be the most important for our body to say, hey, we're needing to grow this area. And that is one of the common places where we see that people kind of, I don't want to say give up, but where we see some people kind of shying away and not pushing as hard as they should. Now, to wrap up in regard of intensity and form, as you can see, once again, they go hand in hand. One doesn't go without the other. Now, if you are someone who feels that they're needing to fix their form because they have some aches or they feel like, unfortunately, they're not in a spot where they want to be to be able to push heavier weight, then take some time, hire a coach, find uh, videos, find ask for help, more importantly, to help you with this execution. It is completely 100% fine if you're a beginner needing to learn these setups in these executions because that is going to be something that's going to help you far more than just kind of keeping it to yourself because you can prevent a, a potential injury in the future. Now, if you're someone who hasn't pushed themselves enough, also hire a coach, but you can also like really start calling you out, like calling yourself out on this. Like if you finish a set and you're like, start rating it like from one to 10, like how hard that set was. And I'm not saying all sets have to be hard. Um, that's a discussion for another topic. But if you start seeing that you're not put like you start rating each set of each exercise, and you start noticing a pattern, a pattern that you're not really pushing yourself hard enough, then you can start seeing that you're needing to bring intensity much more. Uh, like much more in intensity referring of how hard you're pushing how much you're lifting how like how really dedicated and focused you are to your training because there's also that oh let me be on social media while I'm lifting or oh let me go check my emails now like be really have intentions around your training like really be committed to fully focus on what's happening at the gym so I want you to challenge you it doesn't matter if you're one or the other or maybe even both sit down focus on what you're needing to focus to try to accomplish and go heavier now to finish off I want to talk about exercise selection and with exercise selection, I want to talk, it kind of wraps up with everything that I've talked about, about intensity, about form, about um, exercises that don't engage or don't work the glutes enough. All these little things kind of wrap around with exercise selection. And the reason why is because if you, 
if and this goes mostly if you're training for your by yourself if you don't have a coach if you don't have a pro- program that you follow if you're one of my clients you don't have to worry about this because you already know that I bring you the best of the best of programming but if you are someone who is doing it by themselves then I this is the reason why exercise selection is so important because we obviously want to be able to set up our workout where we're wanting to focus on the muscle the most on that first exercise where we're the freshest, where we have the most energy, where we're not sore, tired, or anything like this. Now, all these little tweaks, all these little things play a role because if we start talking about muscle growth, we are going to want to have something that's a little bit more stable. Now, let me put an example. We have alternating reverse lunges, versus a reverse lunge with the same leg. So, meaning you finish one leg before the other while holding onto something. Now, the alternating reverse lunge, you are not going to be able to go as hard or lift as much weight as the other one so all these little things play in role in regard of where you would want to set them up in your workout like the most stable where or like the that exercise that is the most stable where are you going to want to place them or the exercise that is going to need the most energy where are you going to place them in your workout all these things play a role in regard of the outcome for your workout so if your goal is a little bit more strength based on a specific exercise such as deadlifts of course deadlifts are going to be at the start if your um if your focus is muscle growth focus specifically on muscle growth muscle growth then a cast glute bridge might be at the start or a hip thrust um even an rdl all these little things kind of play a role and i know that it sounds confusing because it used to be confusing to me so that's why i recommend and encourage to hire a coach or to follow a program that helps you relieve the stress of trying to be perfect of trying to programming a perfect workout for you but going back to exercise selection that is why this all these little things play a role in this so if you are wanting to and you can 100% mix both like if you like to deadlift but you also want to increase your muscle size you are 100% able to go both go hand in hand but if you have one specific goal I want you to write it out and want you to start building your program around that goal so doesn't matter if it's strength around sport around muscle size or aesthetics doesn't matter but I want you to start building the program in regard around or around that specific goal that you have now i want to finish up this episode with a couple of tips and the reason why i wanted to say common glute growth mistakes is because we all we all hear the same thing about this 
you're not eating enough you're not eating enough protein you're not sleeping you're under recovering um you're not what's another one that i hear a lot i'm trying to think of like common posts that i see about glutes but those are like the main ones that i that i often see on social media that's why i kind of wanted to bring a little bit different or some different topics that so it also feels a little bit more of a refresh information. You don't hear the same thing over and over again. Now, here are a couple of tips that I believe they're very important for this. Number one is grip uh, grip wraps. And you truly can't not say, oh, those are not for me. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner. If you, it doesn't matter if you're lifting not heavy weight for like what you think is heavy it doesn't matter what it truly doesn't matter it doesn't even matter your budget because I've seen very very good reps that I've recommended that last for years and they're only ten dollars so you can truly truly not say that you aren't able to get these they're so beneficial for your training because especially if your glutes for your glute training your hands are going to give out way much sooner than your glutes are so it's very important for you to be able to accomplish or purchase these for your training another thing is of course eating enough and i already know you wanted to you knew this but i'm gonna just give you a little example of my plants like if i water my plants and give them their consistent water routine and yes they have a water routine i know but if i give them this consistently then they're going to grow they're going to flourish they're going to be this big amazing plant but if i'm not watering it i'm not giving it what it needs of course it's not going to grow of course it's going to shrink and stay small think of your body the same way and i know there's a lot of like information about this and we're not going to go too in too in deep in regard of the emotional effects about eating and all these things about being in a surplus that can be for another episode but just be aware that you are going to need to eat to be able to grow. Another thing is recovery. Rest, rest, rest. If you didn't know, now you know. Your glutes grow when you're sleeping. Or not necessarily when you're sleeping, but when you're recovering. They don't truly grow when you're at the gym. It's when you're recovering. So if you're cons- consistently training glutes or if you're consistently at the gym and not giving your body some time to rest and kind of readjust, then that is another, that's also another reason why you might see that your glutes are just not in the position where you want them to be. Um, I have a couple another ones. I'm trying to remember truly from my previous episode that I've recorded or the last piece of this episode that I recorded because all these came up to my inspiration at the time so I'm trying to remember exactly what are the ones that I mentioned but those are the ones that come into light right now now if all this sound confusing all this sounds like it gave you more questions than answers 
you know where to find me at while underscore side under yeah underscore fitness you can find me there ask me any questions especially if you didn't understand anything about the the, the episode or if something wasn't explained too detailed for you to understand please leave me a question there um i'm happy to respond but if you're truly wanting to see the results that you're wanting to have and you just feel that if this is too much stress added to your life, then you are 100% able to join my training subscription that I'm. we're all about glutes in there. And if all this sounds confusing, I relieve all the stress as soon as you join. But if you did find yourself listening to this podcast, you love the information that I gave you and you kind of want to share some love, please tag me, take a picture of your on your story or no, take a picture and post it on your story and then just share the, the word of the word of mouth. I think it's how you say it. Just share, share that you love the episode, you love the podcast and don't forget to give a little mini review because all those things help the mini podcasts go in the future to the big leagues. So other than that, I'm going to leave you here. This is my second time recording this. So fingers crossed, everything goes like I planned. But if you do have any future recommendations for st- or stuff that you would want to listen, just send me a DM. Other than that, I think that I am all set. I will catch you next week on the next episode. Until then, continue breaking those stereotypes.